Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's got to the chase at eight with Queen MC. That's me, Madison Chase. Madison Chase. I'm in the place. Let's talk face to face. I guess that's my new theme song. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking part two diabetes series. We are talking about pre-diabetes and diabetes and what are some of the early warning signs and or symptoms that you may be pre-diabetic and or diabetic. And this is without you going to the doctor. So for some of us who don't go to the doctor to get our annual checkups, and or you think relatively that you're healthy because you have gone to the doctor once a year. This episode is for you. This is part two, pre-diabetes and diabetes. How can you tell and what are some of the early warning signs? So we're going to hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll jump right into it. Okay, now that we heard a word from our sponsor, let's jump right into it. And let's talk about what are some of the early warning signs of being pre-diabetic and or diabetic, and what can you do on your own to determine if you are in this category. So the very first thing that I briefly mentioned in the first episode, this is part two, is visually some of the things that you may notice about yourself and or other people may notice. So one of the things is called acanthosis nigricans. And I don't know if the nigricans part is because you notice this more often in people of color, mainly African Americans. And so it is the skin around your neck, your groin, your knuckles, and your armpits and that skin appears to be a velvety texture. It's thicker, it's darker, and it also looks, sometimes I've seen it for African-Americans, I've seen it on their faces, on their cheeks or their chin, uh, mainly on their cheeks. It'll look like a dark strip of like skin that looks thicker. And it could be a sign of pre-diabetes and that your body is insulin resistance. So that's also a warning sign that, again, there may be an issue with how your body is processing uh, the blood and the sugar in your blood. So unexplained fatigue. So unexplained fatigue, again, I think this is a symptom that if you're someone who stays up late and you get up early, uh, naturally, if you're not getting eight hours of sleep, then you would think, you wouldn't think very much about unexplained fatigue, uh, especially if you're getting enough sleep and you're an early riser, like that might be typically how you operate because I know I'm that way. So this is a symptom that's kind of hard to determine. Um, But if your body is making energy correctly with the food that it gets, then you won't feel susceptible to being this kind of fatigue. So the next symptom, number three, excessive thirst. Again, this is one of those early symptoms that if you're working out or if you live in a place that's hot, 
you may think, oh, it's hot, you know, like in Texas or California. It's like, oh, it's really hot outside. It's 100 degrees. Of course, you should be thirsty because your body is going to be sweating because the sun is out. But this is excessive thirst. And if you're drinking a lot of water, you might find that you need to get more water. But this is a a symptom in the sense that you have to be mindful about how your body normally operates. So the reason why there is excessive thirst is that the glucose in your bloodstream is actually preventing the water from absorption. And because of that, your body isn't operating as efficiently as it should, that you're never satisfied. So you're having to drink more water. So that is number three. Number four is excessive urination. So again, this is one of those symptoms that you could think, oh, I'm working out or I went for a walk or I'm doing something differently because it's hot outside. And or so you wouldn't necessarily think if you're drinking a lot of water because of where you are, this is one of those early symptoms that you wouldn't necessarily be as mindful of. So excessive urination, again, this is also because when you have diabetes and or you're pre-diabetic, there's too much glucose that builds up in your blood and your kidneys are now having a challenging time to flush all the blood sugar out. And the kidneys will try to filter and absorb the sugar first, but if they can't keep up, they will start to flush it and it will flush itself by excessive urination. Uh, Unexplained weight loss. So unexplained weight loss, meaning that you're not doing anything different with your diet and or your eating plan and or activities and or exercise. So that is number four. So blurred vision. Again, when I talked about it earlier in part one, in terms of how your body uses the blood and some of the side effects of being diabetic and or pre-diabetic, blurred vision is one of them. And this is because when you have a lot of blood sugar, again, in your blood, it can pull fluid away from tissues and that includes the lenses of your eyes. So you won't be able to see as clearly and or focus as well. And so again, if this is left untreated, it could eventually lead to vision loss and or blindness. Number seven, pain or numbness or tingling or burning in the hands, feet, arms, and legs. Again, we're talking about the blood and excessive buildup of glucose in these areas that support your body. And because blood is essentially the lifeline of your body and how it functions, when you have bloodstream and or nerve damage this is where you could experience you could start experiencing this tingling sensation in your extremities and the numbness and the tingling in the hands and the feet arms and legs so this is definitely a symptoms that one of the symptoms that is not necessarily something that could mimic anything else and you definitely need to get checked out to see if you are pre-diabetic and or diabetic and so another thing is slow healing wounds, cuts, sores, and recurring infections. And again, this is 
it could be your bladder, it could be vaginal, it could be a urinary tract infection, or it could just be little cuts on your body as well. Again, that is because your body is not using the blood efficiently because it is trying to flush out the excessive glucose in your blood. Dry mouth and itchy skin. Urinary tract infections. Irritability, anxiety, and or nervousness. Uh, mood swings that's not normally characterized by who you are on a normal basis. And your body has a powerful effect on your brain. And you might not even know that this is something that you're doing. And so some people could attribute this to mental problems or mental health or mental wellness. So again, some of these symptoms are a little hard to determine whether or not you're pre-diabetic. Cold hands and feet. That's also, again, we're talking about blood circulation in your body and your body trying to process and or flush out the excessive glucose in your body. So those are 13 symptoms But now let's look at your BMI. And this is one of the reasons why I'm always nervous when I hear people talking about body shaming. Because on the other side of body shaming is the science-based evidence that people of color tend to have uh, BMI. If our BMIs are higher, we are more susceptible to diabetes. We're more susceptible to cardiovascular disease. We're more susceptible to high blood pressure, hypertension. And all three of these diseases are silent killers. Diabetes is not a silent killer because we know some of the things and some of the serious side effects that can be lethal, which is what we're going to talk about tomorrow. But here are two tests that you could do. So the BMI, obesity, Uh, is a great way to determine whether or not you are obese and and or more susceptible to diabetes. So it looks at your height and your weight. And so if your BMI is over 25, meaning it's 26 or 27, you are 20% overweight. If your BMI is between 25 and 29.9, that means you are overweight. If your BMI is over 30, that means you are obese. If your BMI is over 40, 40 or over, it means you are morbidly obese and you're 100 pounds over your ideal weight. Also, there is waist-hip ratio, WHR. That also determines, in addition to the BMI, if you want to do both, I would suggest both. But the waist-hip ratio is something that you can measure yourself. You measure your waist above your belly button and for your for your hips, you put your feet together and you measure around the circumference of the largest part of your bottom, your butt. So if your waist-hip ratio is above 90.90 for males, and if it's 0.85 for women, that means that you are overweight. Uh, And so essentially... People with more weight in their midsection are at higher risk for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, which includes a premature death, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. And it's harder for you to determine your waist tip ratio if you are shorter than five feet. So 
In terms of really trying to figure out for yourself, you can look at those 13 signs. You could also look at what your BMI should be. And you should also look at exactly where you are. So when we're looking at waist to hip ratio, you're low if you are 0.80 for women, 0.95 for men, and high for moderate is 0.81, 0.85 for women, men 0.96 to 1.0, high 0.86 or higher for women is considered high and for men 1.0 or higher is considered high. And so these are great ways for you to one, look at these 13 warning signs if you're pre-diabetic and or diabetic and also look at your BMI and also look at your weight waist to hip ratio. And so tomorrow, I really want to look at the side effects because oftentimes we know someone who has diabetes, but in terms of visually being able to see certain things that are happening in your body, uh, that you may be able to determine, are you pre-diabetic? So we're going to look at that as well. And some of those may surprise you. So thank you guys for listening. It's Cut to the Chase at 8 with Madison Chase in the place we're talking face to face thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for subscribing and if you actually subscribe to this podcast you'll be the first to know when i actually upload an episode so thank you guys and we will chat tomorrow